This is Roy Hales with Cortez Currents, which you can also access at cortezcurrents.ca. Friends of Cortez Island recently had its AGM. This was also Helen Hall's seventh year as executive director. So Cortez Currents asked her for an overview of this past year and how the organization has changed during her tenure. That's a big question, Roy. Folk has always been doing a lot of different projects. I act as the central point for Foci. There's a lot of work going on with volunteers and our contractors. The lake project started when I first started, and at that point, it was just monitoring to see what was going on in the lake. In 2014, there was a big algal bloom on the lakes, and that started our lake program. For the first few years, we were just monitoring the lakes to see what was going on. That then enabled us to apply for a grant to investigate what we could do about the nutrient issues in the lake. We got a grant to investigate the feasibility of using bioremediation, so plants to take up nutrients, which then led to another grant, which was the creation of the Dillon Creek Wetland Restoration Project, which went in last year. So Linnea Farm, three aims of that project. One was to attract more wetland wildlife. Another was to try and use the wetlands as a filter to take the nutrients out of the water that's coming through Dillon Creek into the lake. The other one was to really provide a wonderful resource for the community to learn about wetland ecology. This project's been run by Autumn and Miranda, and they've been running a lot of different work bees. Some of our projects have grown over the years like that. We've always been running marine monitoring programs. Our forest fish project, which we took on a few years ago, just helping to identify beaches where forest fish are spawning. Uh, those projects are really important for providing data to scientists and also you know, tells us more about our local environment. I think we've got more adept now at working with bigger organisations when we do our monitoring work, and that probably goes through all our work, through our species at risk work. One of our new projects we started was to look for western screech owls on Cortez and our neighbouring islands, Reed, Morel and Sonora Islands. The reason we've chosen that project is because it's a species at risk. Its numbers have declined dramatically in the last 20 years. We're hoping we'll find some. But the research we're doing here is contributing to larger scale research being carried out by based on Vancouver Island. So we're contributing to their knowledge of the owl. I understand you're going to be doing a radio interview soon with Sabina about that, so I won't go into too much more depth. I'm just thrilled we got three years of funding from the government for that project because it shows that they're taking us seriously as an organisation and we're doing some in-depth research on a species at risk. We also partnered with the Hakai Institute on a couple of marine monitoring projects. One was called the Sentinels of Change Light Trap Project, which is quite a long title. What that was about was putting light traps into the water through the Salish Sea, trying to monitor for Dungeness crabs. Their larvae are attracted to light. We have a light trap in Cortez Bay. Mike Moore and Kate Madigan were coordinating that project. We did find some larvae, but we also found a bunch of really interesting other marine life, very small critters, everything from a quillfish through to a bobtailed octopus. We actually had the highest number of other species in our light trap in the Salish Seas. We got approached by the Department of Fisheries and Oceans who wanted us to help them monitor for the invasive European green crab. It's spread in throughout the Salish Sea and it does a lot of harm to coastal ecosystems. We know it's in the Campbell River estuary. They're trying to get into locations to see if it's spreading. And we came over in the summer. We did some trapping in Coulter Bay and in Manson's Lagoon. It was funny because it's one of those things where you actually don't want to find something. And we didn't find them. So that was good. But we're going to carry on that project now every year. 
DFO said, if we do find the green crabs, they send a team over to trap out the area to remove them. They found that's been quite effective in trying to control them. Our Streamkeepers project is run by Cease and Christine Robinson. They do spawn accounts in the fall to count the salmon returns. And then this year they did some stream incubation where they put chum eggs into incubation boxes at Basil Creek and Welltown Creek and then did a fry release in those creeks. There was a bit of an issue with the Basil Creek incubation box, sadly, because it got washed out in the storm. But that's really great work that's going on with the streamkeepers. I know the streamkeepers work closely with fisheries and oceans and the Clahoos hatchery. Those projects are really important for providing data to scientists and also you know, tells us more about our local environment. We probably got more adept at being... I don't know if I want to use the word professional, but I feel that we're getting more recognised for our research work that we're carrying out. I'm determined every time we do any monitoring work that we do it with partner project, partner organisations, so the data can go back to another organisation to analyse it and to use it. So the data doesn't just sit on the shelf in the office. We've always been concerned about climate change, but we haven't really had the resources to do much of that in terms of an actual project. We've taken on a climate change project from the Climate Hope Group. We're trying to decide on the name, but I think we're going to call it the Cortez Climate Resilience Project. At the moment, we're working with three university students to assess climate change risks on Cortez and determine best practices for community climate change planning. At the same time, we've been promoting home energy assessments to help get energy refit funding to make the homes more energy efficient. That's a new thing for us, but that's really exciting. And I think that project's really going to grow as we go forward. We're also trying to get more engaged with the community and that's something we want to work for in going forward we try and run events and activities in the summer what we're trying to do now is look at how we can expand that throughout the year something we'd like to do is enable other people to take action for wildlife so a lot of people think oh Foka is doing all the environmental work on the island but actually what we want to do is enable other people to do that which I guess we do through our volunteers but we'd love people to take action at home for nature our summer assistant, Shannon Hogan, launched two blog series for us on our website and on our Facebook page. One is called Small Acts of Conservation Kindness, where we've been trying to encourage people to do something where they live for nature. So that's anything from putting in a frog pond to putting up a bird box. So that's a blog series that is now carrying on every month through the year. The other one we did was highlight common species that people see, like the Douglas squirrel and ravens, rather than species at risk. That's been a popular blog series, so we've been doing that as well. Foke also does a lot of maintenance work in the community. We manage nine regional parks and beach accesses for the Strathcona Regional District. That's everything from Carrington Bay through to Quas Park. That work's carried out by Alex Bernier and Ryan Harvey. They actually walk each trail of every park once a month, cutting back vegetation, removing fallen trees. They also do repairs and some infrastructure projects. One of the things we've just done is put a new wooden bridge in at the Beaver Swamp entrance into Quas Park. Tell us about a couple of volunteer work bees. We did our annual broom bash at Manson Spit. We've been doing that now for six years. And the goal of that was to try and get the broom originally out of the coastal sand ecosystem, which is grassy ecosystem you see growing along the beach, which is actually quite a rare habitat. We go back every year just to cut back the regrowth. I think you came along, Roy, to our beach cleanup between Seascape and Hollyhock Beach. We collected a bunch of garbage from the beach and 
That was very kindly sponsored by 10,000 Worlds, a project that Leslie Mumford's running where she sells 10,000 products and money from that goes into marine conservation. That was a really lovely partnership and it was a good day. I remember we were getting really big bits of styrofoam off the beach and we're trying to do that in future every year now. Another thing I should mention is that we produced a new marine sign about the marine life in the lagoon at Manson Spit Provincial Park. So that was a good partnership with BC Parks. We want to definitely work more with the community and engage the community going forwards. We're very lucky where we're living on such a beautiful island with such an amazing range of different ecosystems and species here. There are a lot of threats out there to the natural world, um, not just climate change. It's quite alarming what's happened to nature in the last 30 years. There's been massive declines in species and habitats. There's a big conference going on in Montreal at the moment, looking at biodiversity targets and what we can do for nature. It's good to remind ourselves that we're lucky to be where we are. And it's good to remind ourselves the natural world is really under threat. And organisations like FOCAI are very important in doing what we can to look after the natural world. You've been listening to an interview with Helen Hall, Executive Director of Friends of Cortez Island. This is Roy Hales with Cortez Currents. Goodbye. <laughs>